Welcome to Ease, the entertainment and showbiz experiences podcast. It's all things entertainment based, how to get into it and how to develop it into something once you are ready to move on. All the information people didn't tell you, forgot to tell you, or were too busy to tell you, all told through personal experiences. On this week's episode, my best friend and original Broadway cast member of Mrs. Doubtfire sits down and spills the entire story. We talk about his childhood upbringing, dancing in LA versus New York, and much, much more. He really has done it all. He's done concert dance, theme parks, cruise ships, regional theater, the Met, and now Broadway. Follow along to hear his incredible journey in this two-part series discussing what it takes to be on Broadway. Just a side note for everybody, we recorded this at the beginning of quarantine um, and before the passing of our dear friend Michael. Uh, We reference him in a few of the sections, and I wanted to make everybody clear and aware that we had done this well before that. We love you, Michael, and here's this week's one-on-one. Can we just take a brief second to go, oh my God, remember when we were at my house in Virginia and you were at home and we were like, all right, let's just do it. Sounds like it's ready to do it. Now here we are. Yeah, I know. A whole season done and ready for number two. I am... I'm, I think it's like a blessing in disguise because I was putting off this second season and I was thinking to myself, when am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? And then and it's so the universe happened. said here. <laughs> yeah, they said, you're doing it now. All right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Let me compose myself. Calvin Cooper, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so glad that you're on. Um, let everybody know how we know each other. We know each other from back in the day, 2008, to mm-hmm. be exact, when we met uh, in L.A. at Stiletto Entertainment, and we were both on a project. I was dancing in the cast, and you were learning the shows, if I was correct. I think um, I was dancing. I was in the fourth part. I mean, my part you was... was... Yeah, you were. I, I was like, but we saw each other every day, and yeah. we became the closest and best of friends. You were a great guide, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we've been best friends probably for upwards of, wow, 12 years. 12 years like that. That's yeah. crazy. I felt like it's gone in like a blink of an eye. We've had it's, so many experiences in New York and outside yeah, of New York and like, LA. It feels fast, like 12 years to say that, like, wow, it's been 12 years. But it also does feel like, oh, it's just like not too long ago because the memories are so great and fresh and just the lessons that we learned from our youth together are showing like the blessings now. So, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that was, so I was in my 20s then, and this was in LA, and we were building a show called Garage Bands for <laughs> All in America. It was a massive project. It was so massive. Um, and I remember just ever since that, that, that project, I felt like time kind of stood still a little bit. It started going slower, and ever since then, I've known you, and like we've had so many great experiences yeah in LA and to New York York. yeah that whole the the garage band experience as the project that we really got to know each other on I'm still like inspired by not only the the workshop company that I was in but even Mm -hmm. with the cast that got Mm -hmm. to actually perform it and then eventually to me being um from a ghost in the studio 
to going out as a replacement for things and finishing contracts and Mm -hmm. but like all of that full experience like I'm still in contact with so many people yeah um from that it's just yeah that was garage bear was so great I remember I remember being so bright and bushy-tailed because I was just coming off of the Zyder Dam. Mm-hmm. That was my second contract. And that was when we built, um, what did you call it? What was it called? We, we did um, In Park? Concert and mm-hmm. Dream Park. Yeah, yes. we were, we didn't build Dream Park, but we were the first to perform it yeah. on the ship. Um, I mean, excuse me, flip and reverse that. We didn't build <laughs> In Concert. Um but we learned it, but we did help build Dream Park. Yeah. And then um and then the same people talking about Garage Band was the cast coming in to start on the inaugural build of the Eurodam. Yeah. To do sure. in concert in Dream Park. And it's literally, yeah, that's what I said. Like all of those people, those great artists, like I'm still in contact with like ninety-eight percent of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's rewind a lick a lot. Let's go okay. back to your childhood. What is young Calvin doing as a child? <laughs> uh, young Calvin was born in Newport News, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm the youngest of three. My mother was a single parent and, you know, raising a black boy in America with a <laughs> lot of energy. Yeah. And a very, very like just loyal sense to family. Like I did everything my sisters did, whether I did it or not, like I joined them. Like my mom worked two jobs. And so she sent us to the boys and girls club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to the boys and girls club, I think when I started at like seven, I believe. And they had at the time a cheerleading team. And my sisters were on the cheerleading team. All of us are born um, 82, 80, 46. So when my oldest sister, Tamisha, was on the chilling team, she was on the seniors. And then me and Nikki are technically, I think they call it like Irish twins because we're less, we're like 18 months apart, really, not two mm-hmm. years. Um, and so um, Nikki was on the juniors. And then I would have to go to the rehearsals, I mean, the practices, because, you know, my mother was like, whatever your sisters do, either you join or you watch, because I was the baby, and I was so tiny and scrawny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the teachers, I mean, the coaches, because there was teachers there, because we would go, it was an after-school program. So after we do our schoolwork and stuff, then, you know, you had the full rec center, and then it turned into uh, your practices and stuff. And so then the teachers um, would let me sit and watch my sisters, because we I have no choice but to sit and wait for you know their practice to be over before my mom could pick us all up and I would mock them on the side as yeah. I would like <laughs> learn how to jump and do the cheers and I'm screaming the counts and and that's when the the coach first saw me I can't remember her name but she was just like do you want to join the cadets and so it was one of those things like you know if you stay with the program you went from cadet to a junior junior to a senior and so we noticed that I just I mean I had so much energy I I excelled so fast at cheerleading. And the one thing about the cheerleading that I loved the most was the dance routine. Besides the like throwing everybody around, there was like the dance was where it was at. And mm-hmm. our team just, we kind of like, we we were okay with the cheers, but our dancing was where it was at. So then as that went on, I continued cheerleading through school. Um, and I met 
uh, what my dance teacher who became my dance teacher my senior I mean my junior year in high school I was 16 years old and at this time young Calvin was also doing everything I can't I don't want to refer to myself as young Calvin but <laughs> but I was doing everything because my mom had a rule of we could do whatever we wanted as long as our grades were up and so I was at the time when I got discovered by Dr. Marianne Laverty I was in FCCLA which stood for Future Career Community Leaders of America is that um, the Boys was, and Girls Club? No, this is now in high school. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I oh, okay. went to I went to Woodside High School in Newport News, Virginia. Yeah. Um, it was a public school, but also had an art magnet program. Okay. And so, yeah, the one cool one, not the one, but cool uh, fact about my high school is that it's a twin. There's another school na- uh, is called Heritage High School. They're twins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. were the they were the same as us, but they were ours was arts and theirs was communications. Nice. So, um, so anyway, so I was, I, um, I lived in Wood Creek, Newport News and mm-hmm. I, um, so I was zoned for the school. So I went to school and stuff and I joined orchestra. I played the cello, um, up until my senior year, I, I was in track. I did cheerleading all the way up until my senior year, um, future career community leaders of America. Like I, you, I did pretty much any and everything for the most part, just trying to figure out what to do with my life. And they knew that I was great at sports or I just had all this energy. But anyway, when it was my uh, junior year, um, I was getting known because at the end of the year, uh, the school would do an end of the year musical. And it was the only time that if you were not in the magnet program, you could audition. So oh. I auditioned. And every year that I auditioned because of my friends, because like I was fortunate enough to grow up with about like 12 friends from first grade. And we all came oh, to, nice. to Woodside. And the best thing about it is then like out of those 12, then like five of us were cheerleaders. And then you add the dance program they were in adding to that routine. So I was falling in love with dancing more and mm-hmm. more because of cheerleading. But anyway, uh, Dr. Marianne Laverty saw me one day uh, doing jumps with my friend Tyrone Cooper at the time. And she asked me to uh, come visit her. And <laughs> then the holy grail hit me. I went into this dance studio, uh, the, the studio in the school, and it was the first time that I opened the door and they were playing what I now know to be center stage. And the scene that happened was the shoe scene, you know, where they're breaking their point shoes. Yeah. And there's like these pictures of who I now know is like Desmond Richardson and mm-hmm. Alvin Ailey and Dwight Roden and, um, you know, Judith Jameson and Hinton battle like it's just like this this beautiful small space in the high school with this sweet little lady who's like come join and um and I it our school felt like uh let's say a bootleg version of fame like because it was an art school there were certain Mm -hmm. things that were that you know you get away with and I was very fast with my work so my teachers would let me leave the hallway like I mean leave the classroom and like if I need to do something, because I was that kid who was in every club and I wasn't popular in the sense of I'm the cool kid, but I did so many other programs. So I was friends with the teachers, friends with the security guard. Plus my whole family is from Newport News, Virginia or Lackey, Virginia. So it's like, I could not do anything that my mother wouldn't find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like even shooting to the one time um, my sister was driving us from school and it was late after practice and my sister's tail light was out and the lady stopped us, the cop. And she goes to, are you Sharon Cooper's children? And we're like, Oh my God. So it was a very small area mm-hmm. and it was filled with arts. And that's when 
yeah, and dance came in, and I sacrificed everything once. I, <laughs> once I fell in love with dance, and the first production I did was called um, Dracula, <laughs> nice. and it was the first time that I wore a unitard. And nice. I remember, um, you know, How let's scarring just... it was. Well, no, actually, it was the it, it uh, actually it was... was the reverse because um, being a let's just say being a black boy in the mm-hmm. south uh, with your Southern Baptist roots, like there was a church I was baptized with the, on the corner um, where my school was called Colossian Baptist Church, <laughs> um, very loving space. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, you know, I had that religious background. So not only with dancing, I was also learning about who I was as a person. So, sure. you know, like literally the full development of sexuality and mm-hmm. self-expression. So I was always told to not dance because of the fact of like the bullying and stuff like that. But baby... Yeah. I put on that first <laughs> unitard and my friend Adam Wagner, my best friend, who is still one of my best friends since first grade, who's still in my life, he will tell you they had to chase me because I felt so free and so naked. And I was like, I'm not taking this off. I literally was running around the auditorium with a blue unitard because the first thing I did was I was water before I turned into this doctor that got bit later by Dracula. But it was the first production. And from there, I just started to learn through dance like I first started to now we can kind of fast track it in a way like I started with concert dance so you know we had block scheduling so you know it was two times a week of jazz two times of modern whenever like our school schedule permitted it and then Dr. Mm -hmm. Marianne Laverty took me to uh, the Eastern Virginia School for the Performing Arts where she was working for a few years before Mm -hmm. I met her and she was like if you really want to get into this, then you need to, you know, have further training. And that's where I met Sandra Balastracci. And Sandra Balastracci owned this studio um, in the area. And we also, as a school, went there for a field trip. So it was the first time I got to see this beautiful dancer by the name of Erin Golden. Well, her name was Erin Young then. Her married name is Miss Golden. Again, another, like when I tell you these mentors and friends in the art community that I've picked up and taught me, to be who I am today is like, I'm still in contact with them all. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> um, this is literally one of the best communities to be a part of. Um, but anyway, I saw Aaron was performing for our class, the Sugar Plum Variation. Mm-hmm. And then Sandra and Marianne, Dr. Marianne Levity had a conversation about me and took me under their wing. And then I got a job at McDonald's that was across <laughs> the way from the studio. <laughs> And then my very first job was Bush Gardens Williamsburg, uh, which is Bush Gardens Europe, because there's one in Florida, as you should know, (laughs) that's Africa. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but what was happening was my um, dance teachers, I had Miss Tara Spa and Miss Melissa Jabay, um, plus Sandra, uh, Miss Sandra Balstrachi teaching me, but uh, Melissa Jabay and Tara Spa worked at Bush Gardens and, um, I was 17 now. It was my second year of dance, second full year of taking training. And that's when they were like, you should audition for Bush Gardens. I did. At the time, the director was Miss Dina DeHart. I mean, Dina Hart, excuse me. Um, and I, um, I got my first job. And now the funniest thing about this is you did an interview with our mutual friend, my mentor, Casey Johnson. 
Yeah. Casey Johnson found me that summer. Now, this is one of the fun things about like what is meant for you is meant for you right. and will not pass you by. So it is the summer. It is hot. We're out in this section called France in Bush Gardens. And it is under this tent that is in the heat. It's 10 in the morning, awkward heat, you know, that mm-hmm. good old wet cement feeling in a theme park. Mm-hmm. And there's these men outside at the early show. And, you know, there's only like four or five other people scattered around because the park literally just opened. But, you know, when the the buzz is going around that they're scouts for Carnival Cruise Line, Royal Caribbean, um, Celebrity, like, you know, so that buzz is going. And that day that Casey Johnson um, asked me at the meet and greet after our show to show up to the Stiletto Entertainment auditions was the day that Jeremy Jordan was on vocal rest. <laughs> Mm. and Jeremy Jordan was on vocal rest and there was a so what we did then was we were saving him up for the 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 big hit um what is that time slowly I don't know oh Unchained Melanie Mm -hmm. Unchained Melody there it is and baby that throat I mean I mean if you know Jeremy Jordan that throat right there um but he so we were singing YMCA and it's the one song in the show where one male dancer sings the first verse and then the second Versus sang by a singer, and it just gave them a break to of singing. And you know, like most dancers who are not comfortable with singing, the first verse is young is um low. is lower, yeah, really low. Yeah. And it's actually not that much higher <laughs> on the second verse. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I'm singing, and I'm in this all Wilson leather like vest, Kango like oh hat, yeah. gold chain, sweating, and I slide up next to Casey and all of um, like J.R. White and um, Alex Cheney, and and um yeah. and, and I'm just I'm just there singing, and that's like I said, they invited me to Casey invited me to come to an audition, and then that leads to Stiletto, which is how we met, and then I mean wow. there's a a career I actually... later. <laughs> I actually have a funnier story about this. What? I know you before 2008. I don't know if you remember. We've got a really good friend by the name of Stephanie. Stephanie. Dolan. Yes, Stephanie. I actually went to Bush Gardens with Stephanie. <laughs> we had, maybe there was a hurricane. No, Thanksgiving. My freshman year in Thanksgiving, I went to Stephanie's house. Mm-hmm. And I went to Bush Gardens with her because she had to work. And oh, wow. So oh, wait, drew... was this hollow scream? <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And so I actually met you back in probably <gasps> 2001. What? Yeah. And then as we get through, there's another one, a little nugget I have to throw out there that I feel like we, that I might have um, met you before meeting you. Um, but yeah, so I met you back in 2001 when Six. Stephanie was no, at. 2006. Six. No, five. 2000... It would have been five. No. It was 2006. Oh, you know what? Because she was living in the towers. Yes. Yeah, and 2006 yeah, yeah. was my first hollow scream. Yeah. That was all within my second year. Yeah, it was 2000. Mm-hmm. Holy mackerel. I had to stay up in Maryland because I was working right mm-hmm. after. I was <gasps> dancing. Wow, we met in 2006. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, there's that. Well, yeah, and see, and then. But then yeah. you went to, 
What college did you guys did you go to? You went to. I decided to go to Virginia Commonwealth University because um, mm-hmm. what happened was when I was dancing at Bush. Um, so you know, shooting back to what I said, it was my second year dancing, my ju- my first year dancing, my junior year in high school. So I uh, heard of Virginia Commonwealth University because of the National High School Dance Festival that mm-hmm. Dr. Marianne Levy took us to, and I met Scott Putman. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and I got recruited to audition for a school that was uh, about 45 minutes up the way in Richmond. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things about that experience is they invite you when you're auditioning. I don't know if it's still the same now, but when you're auditioning for VCU, you would come and see the community class. And the community class would be on the Friday, um, Friday morning. And there, it's in this um, old Catholic school, like this huge building that they renovated and made all these dance spaces and stuff for mm-hmm. the for the dance department. So you would go upstairs. I think it was called Room Two Hundred Seven or either Two Hundred Four, one of the two. And you would go upstairs and you watch the freshmen to the senior class take a class together, either from a guest teacher or from one of the faculty so you watch the class and then your audition would start after like they would do this big introduction everyone would welcome you excuse me i'm burping mm-hmm. <laughs> starting fresh everyone would welcome you and um and then you would get dressed and get ready for the audition but i only stayed at virginia commonwealth my till my junior year i decided to leave because that's when i started to fall in love with commercial dance and mm-hmm. it was, that's when like my advisors were the sweetest they told me they was like if you don't uh plan on uh teaching in school you can always come back and get your teaching degree if that's what you want to do um but they was like if you're looking to go dance in the commercial world especially you need you know uh, unbroken body and a youthful mm-hmm. energy and they was like this is the time to go do it because you could always come back so they didn't give me that how dare you or you're gonna fail it was just like continue to experience art and they told me i went from learning scholastically to learning on the street now so i'm going to yeah. literally live that like that life of i'm going to quit and i'm going to figure out what it is and that's when um so shooting back to when I auditioned for Stiletto, I auditioned mm-hmm. for them that summer when I met Casey Johnson. And I was telling at the time Kim Stowe I was not available because she was the casting um, director. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't available until uh, 2008 when I was assuming I was going to graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but then I ended up quitting my junior year and that's what led me to get on my very first ship. I left for California um, February 10th, 2007. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So you made that transition. So you went to school. What do you, what do you tell somebody that says, I'm thinking about going to school? What do you, what's your advice to them? Um, my advice for anybody who is thinking about going to school is first and always do your research. Mm-hmm, not, for sure. not only just for the arts program, but what the scholastic setting really gives you. Because the one thing that I loved about VCU was not only were they teaching us, it was a double, it's it's a it's a single degree, but it's basically a double major because it's a dance and choreography degree. So you yeah, have so two your, separate tracks. That degree is the same as, it's, it's modeled same as my degree. So it's a, a fine arts degree, correct? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's a BFA. Yeah. And so, but one thing I loved about it was that not only were you learning about the arts, but in Richmond, you have so many outlets to also experience it and express it. So sure. 
the community was gorgeous. But what I realized was, again, it wasn't my vibe. So I tell folks, also make sure that you, when you go to a school, then see what the full vibe is too. Like I enjoyed how the teachers just felt like for real bohemian artist in that mm-hmm. sense of like, because, you know, they tell you about the freelance world sometimes from a perspective that doesn't feel like they can relate anymore. But our sure. teachers at VCU at the time, they were like, this is a hard lifestyle and it's for love. And that's what they, they taught us. So as we're being like, you know, introduced to Horton and Graham and, and like Morris and all of these great pioneers and icons we're also being told to find our own, our own like voice. And they're like, if that means you need to leave, it's okay to leave. It's also mm-hmm. okay to come back. And so I appreciated um, all of my advisors at VCU. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, and so I tell them, yeah. Oh, sorry. So yeah, I was like, I tell them it's, there's no wrong with the choice that you choose for school. Because again, even if say if VCU closed, there's other schools like schooling is always there. You can always find a way to learn. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're right. There is, there is that option always there for you, which is, which is great, you know, but yeah. you're, there is that, that discussion about how far your body will take you in. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, so you move out to LA, you do some cruise ship contracts. You're now commercial dancing. What struggle are you facing in this new, new industry? <laughs> That's not My a new sh- industry because you're still in the dance industry. It's just a new, yeah, another fact. A new, a new section of it. Um, mm-hmm. My my little southern tale, like flying to LA and trying to start that commercial life, it was very. I wouldn't say jarring, but it was for real. That like when you watch center stage or you watch <laughs> or you watch chorus line, it was very like you you've seen a chorus line in the movie, of course, of course. And yeah. you remember just how how bright the character BB was and like mm-hmm. the way she would blink and like was like, oh, she would get caught off. She would get caught off guard about some people's like coldness or they're just straight. And that's what LA felt like. I remember this one exact audition that I was, I was interested in going to. And, you know, I came cute decked out in my Converse um, shirt. Which that one was my- it? It was this, um, at the time, it was the Britney Spears audition. Oh, we, we went were to Britney together. together. Yeah. We were together. And I was just remembering how, like, nobody wanted to talk to us until they knew who we knew in the room. Yeah. And that one experience, though it came, like, maybe, I don't even remember what year that was. That was the garage band year. That yeah. was the garage band year. So that yeah. was, like, two years of me in L.A. And I was just like, y'all are just now trying to talk and say hello, not because of who I was and what you know I had to offer, but because you saw who I knew in the room. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen in New York, but it was very apparent in LA when you have never been outside of Virginia. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, this is that world. This is a dog-eat-dog world. But me being the person I am, you know me, I'm like, there's room at the table for everybody to eat. Why can't we all get along? Yeah. Um, and so, but that same audition, as you remember, you know, I got pretty far in that audition. So it woke me up to the hustle itself. And then I just said, okay, challenge on. And, and I, I survived through cruise ships on and off, but Mm -hmm. then that's when I realized that after what, I think I did, 
I went hard on cruise ships until 2013. Like I was doing a lot of contracts back to back because that's when we were doing workshops. And mm-hmm. um, I loved, I loved my time with Stiller Entertainment, yet another corporation that I still talk to so many people. I have so many family members and mentors from that mm-hmm. era. Um, but then I started to fall in love with musical theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when I realized that LA wasn't it because they didn't, they still don't have much of a musical theater scene, or at least I would say a union that feels very, you know, like they protect what's going on out there. And mm-hmm. then that's what led me back to the East coast. Cause my heart has always been wanting to move to New York. Cause I, I, I left, um, when I left Richmond, it was like all just to get to New York and I went via LA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and that's where I currently reside, but yeah, LA was a cute, LA prepped me for New York. Mm-hmm. I think what's, what's interesting about LA's, um, and I've talked to a couple people on my podcast about this is everything is very spread out there and the culture there isn't, um, like you were saying, People needed to recognize who you were before they were more open to it. But as in New York, everything is more concentrated. Everything is together. So you see people more frequently and just having that face interaction with each other, then you start opening up. But in LA, I mean, you, you were going... One day you were at, like you said, at Britney Spears. The next day you're at Rihanna and it's a totally Mm. different set of people. And you're like, holy crap. And then you're like, and then you're at the Michael Jackson audition and they're looking for B-boys specifically. And you're like, yeah, it was so interesting to see so many dancers in LA that I had never seen before. And I was on a, you were on a circuit and you're like, how is this possible? Like, where are these people coming from? Yeah. LA was the first uh, place that showed me the true meaning of a cattle call. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the one thing that I wish that New York would definitely pick up that LA still does is they don't collect your resumes until after they've gone through the cattle and found mm-hmm. the crop of that herd that they want. Then they're like, okay, now you can give us your headshots and resumes. Or one of my favorite is when I went to an audition for Nickelodeon in LA, and in the separate room they put all the people who didn't make it to the next round, they took all their resumes and said, you can find your resume in the pile. I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you for giving me this back because this costs money, honey. <laughs> Getting I them think printed. I, was, <laughs> I think I was at that Nickelodeon audition. You but probably I remember, was. It was at Debbie Allen. Oh, yes. Debbie Reynolds, excuse me. <laughs> yes. I drove all the way down there. I had to drive. I had to park so far away. I saw a toilet on the side of the road. I walked in and there was like 5,000 people. And I said, Mm -hmm. sayonara. (laughs) Baby, when you see that on the side of the road, it's no longer a toilet. That's a commode. (laughs) But I remember walking to the room being like, there's way too many people. And they were already starting to like put people in their ethnicity. And I was like, I'm out of here. (laughs) Oh, I still remember the song. I, the song was Make Me Over by Keisha Cole. I remember that audition like the back of my hand. It was yeah. make me over, make me over. And they had us doing all this like booty popping and stuff to do a Nickelodeon thing. Nickelodeon. And I was like, we yeah. like, got to do all the tricks. You got to do order. all these things. But hey, but like I said, that taught me in, in New York. It's like that beautiful hybrid. I, I took the term that um, Case used to tell me is to not dance desperate. Right, Because what LA was doing is because it's so like dog eat dog and it's so spread out and it does feel like there's more and more people coming out of the wazoo. So everyone has to like 
go for blood, but they sometimes don't know that it's like when you are dancing desperate, you're actually not putting your best foot forward. You're mm-hmm. just putting desperation. You're not actually making the right choices for you. Because what I learned in LA that I brought to New York was I'm not going to go in going, I have to be better than this person next to me. I have to do a 540 because at that time, that's when 540s were just becoming the thing. Yeah. And um, oh, it, was at the, it was at the top of when voguing, when they tried to start saying dips were right. death drops. And I was like going, <laughs> you saw me go, I was like, do not call them death drops. But everyone was trying to find the new trick or new fad. And mm-hmm. in it, it was the, because they were being desperate. And what I noticed in LA was when you would see the people who had it, they were the ones who just gave it in the room. And what I learned was, it's not about the best tricks, whatever. It's when I'm in an audition, I am showing you what you're going to be working with. Right. I'm not going to pull out all the tricks because also, I think that's been the help. As you've seen me grow, I have a battling background. So I know what it's like to battle for, you know, go for broke, but to do it tastefully without having to put all the tricks out because you got round after round after round to go. Because I remember, as you recall, you you stayed there with me during the Britney Spears. Remember I was calling, I was like, they owe me in the next round. Okay, mm-hmm. I got to do this. Now I'm dancing for Tony Testa. Okay, now I'm dancing for this artist. Okay, I got to... So it taught me to, to be smart and show what do I have to offer amongst all of this white noise to be the, mm-hmm. the, 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 to be the clear picture, to be that... It was so. It was such a beautiful thing, and that's what I took to New York. Like, so I don't feel swallowed yeah. up because the thing is, LA is spread out, but I do feel like it's still concentrated because it's based on levels that you get, not levels as in who's the best, but from the hard work and the time that you put in, you start to see a lot of the same faces depending on what level yeah. you get to in the room. In New York, we're just on top of each other because I've mm-hmm. still been in rooms with people that. You know, I was like, wow, slaying. And it feels like some of the same people get the same jobs. But, um, you know, I'll touch on that later. But it's mm-hmm. just about, yeah, the, it's, it's I don't dance desperate. And, you know, it's the concentrated circles. They're just in different capacities. Because, like I said, you can look at L.A. and be like, I see this girl. She in every video. But <laughs> it's like that in New York. But what is it about her that she pulls yeah. forward? And when I see most of them, I'm like, it's because they don't dance desperate. Yeah, there's a thing about it for sure. Mm-hmm. But you, so it's funny because we lived in LA together. Mm-hmm. I lived out there. I moved out to LA probably in 2007 and you were doing ships from them. And then I moved out to, to New York in 2011 and you were, you could come back to New York probably in 2013. Yeah, officially. Like last... I'd like to say I moved to New York in 2011, mm-hmm. but I was just the bohemian, like, I still like I still only had at that time just a storage unit. So I was in New York, but I wasn't because yeah, I was still on the road. I fit yeah, I officially came back like 2013. Mm-hmm. And that was after a cruise ship. Yeah. And that's when you moved back. And that's when I was living. We both lived up in Washington Heights. So we mm-hmm. we had like did a lot of things together and um Yeah, we happened to live a block yeah. away from each other. Yeah, we did for a while. <laughs> we did. Um, and we were in New York and we did operas together and mm-hmm. oh my god I, I spoke to sorry about this <laughs> no. I spoke to Julius oh what a mm-hmm. I mean what 
Well, wait, a there's great two story. because we have two Juliuses. Wait, Julius from the opera, I should say. Yes, Julius. No, yes. but Julius, I mean, what a, that's a story. Like, mm-hmm. that's inspiring what he's doing. That is. Um, he's somebody you should get to talk on your podcast. I know. <laughs> Actually, so- I will reach out to him because we were talking, what, it was, if it wasn't yesterday, two days ago. Yeah. I mean, he's a lawyer now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Smartest person. Um, so we were in New York. You moved to New York, and then you stayed there. I moved back. So what is mm-hmm. what is your New York? Um, what do you? What's New York like for you? All right. So this is how to sum it up in the ten years I've been here now. Um, so when I moved to New York, I was just coming off the road with Radio City Christmas Spectacular. That's right, because you did that. Before 2013. You did that in between did, contracts, right? I did that first starting 2010, which is where I officially met our mutual best friend, Michael MacArthur. And that's when you guys <laughs> were in San Jose, and that's when I came to visit both No, of you. not San... Oh, we, yes. I was like, no, we won't base it, but I forgot we did the arena tour. You did come to San arena. Jose. Arena, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the arena tour. Um, and the funny thing about that was... Uh, I like to say the catalyst of everything that started the whole New York venture was Claire Padilla's birthday party. Oh, right. In L.A. At the Standard. In L.A. at the Standard Hotel up yes. on the rooftop. Yes. And there's a picture. And I know you remember, but the picture literally had still at entertainment yes. <laughs> family. But like. You know, Fred Ogard, Richard yeah. Estrada, you, me, me, Sean and David, Claire Padilla, Erica, um, Erica, man, uh, you're not Mansfield, excuse me. Um, what's Erica's last name? Why am I, why am I? Um, Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Like, yes, Erica Tomlinson. See, it's because I'm working with Erica Mansfield now. Um, but like, there were so many great people there that... I was learning so much because at that party, you know, I was still like, wow, you guys are amazing dancers and you're doing what piece? And this when I first heard what inaugural was. And, yeah. And, you know, it was like crazy. But anyway, um, but yes, I was doing Radio City in 2010 and that's what inspired me to get to New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I set a goal to get to do it at the Radio City Music Hall um, right. by my third year, which I did. So in 2011... I mean, 2012, I officially got it in New York, which is why I basically came back in 2013 because, you know, it starts in October and then I was mm-hmm. there for the new year. Um, but I did that for two years. I stopped mm-hmm. in 2013. I did one more cruise ship, which was a smaller contract, um, came to New York. Uh, then I started working for, um, I started to get into musical theater. So besides the hustle and bustle of being a restaurant server and bartender i then um i got hired uh with barrington sage company in 2015 it was Mm. either 2015 or 2014 i want to say it was 2015 Mm -hmm. um and that's how i got my equity card i auditioned for kiss me kate excuse me and um it was this lady this wonderful woman named lauren lotaro who um she had an audition and I come in and I remember the audition was great. It was my first time like coming in with like, like when I felt prepared, cause that whole journey of the 2010 to 2013, that's when there was like, you need a book, you need headshots this way that's set different from the way LA is set. 
Yeah, um, that, that was a big transition. <laughs> big transition. And I was like, what's a book? What do you mean? Because, you know, you don't sing it in L.A. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And so, but I, I went in and then I remember, yeah, I got the phone call um, in April that I was going to be leaving uh, shortly. And then when that happened, not only did I get that call, but that's when I auditioned for Cats, for Royal Caribbean, first cast. Right, um, right. And so then I went back on the cruise ship. Uh, I did Kiss mm-hmm. Me Kate first for seven weeks, got my equity card. I had seven days to pack up the sublet that I was in and um, mm-hmm. put everything back in my storage unit. Then I went on the cruise ship. I did 11, no, 10 wonderful months as their dance captain. And I was played on McCavity. So one interesting fact with that was, you know, Cats was the second musical that was shown to me via VHS. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember being like just so into it that I did all the research. Like I was like, what is this? And and there was a, a lady, a woman named Colin Dawson, who I knew did the makeup from, you know, when you watch the credits. And one of my favorite things about her is that she did the makeup for the labyrinth. And oh, yeah. you know, yeah, and so um and she also damn, she damn, also did the makeup damn. for 300. Yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And her son was in that. But anyway, um, because we, when we were sitting down and what they were doing at Royal Caribbean was, you know, this was a full tribe. We were the first full length musical with an intermission, full length musical at sea. Because at this time now in, um, in 2015, 2016, they were just now doing full length musical. We were, the, they were already doing musicals like you know hairspray and jersey uh, not jersey boys but hairspray and there was one other one grease we will rock you oh grease 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 we will rock you was about to come out mm-hmm. uh mama mia was the second lineup because royal caribbean did a vote with their you know mariners or whatever you call their words mm-hmm. their their medallia status or something i can't mm-hmm. remember You're but right. um they voted on what they would like to see and they chose cats which led to the auditions then but one of my favorite things about Miss Karen Dawson was um, when I got to her, so how they would do it is we would be in rehearsals and based on the section, each person got a two hour time slot to sit with Miss Karen Dawson and learn her signature faces. So we did the classic, because there's actually what you learn is that there's multiple versions of Cats, just as well as there's multiple versions of the set, which you learn mm-hmm. if you're actually doing Cats for the really useful group, which, you know, is Sir Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber's production company, uh, mm-hmm. Rug. And so, but when it got to me, I broke down crying because of excitement because I met her and I was like, I know who you are, my God, oh my God. And when we started talking about the labyrinth, she not only uh, created a face for me, so I'm in Rug's um, makeup archival for a new face after not creating a new cat for 18 years, she said. Um, mm-hmm. Like, she's done some amendments, but... I was also their first African-American, or like I like to say, black, <laughs> um, yeah. black Plato McCavity. So that's why I'm in their makeup archival. But then she also based the makeup plot, not only to show my skin, but dress the hair and change the collar in the way McCavity looked because we wanted to look like David Bowie as the Goblin King. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was out there crying my eyes out, so excited with this prestigious moment. Um, then that led me to getting off of cruise ships and chasing Broadway. And then, um, yeah, and so then that shoots to after years of going back and forth, I did 
another cruise ship contract. I did the opera with you. I then I ended up right. working at the actual Metropolitan Opera. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I ended up doing that with the same woman, with the beautiful leader, Miss Lauren Lataro. Because um, <laughs> when I went to go do Cats, you know, I was gone for about two years in total. So she saw me at. I went to the. I went on her Facebook, and she was having auditions for the Metropolitan Opera. And I auditioned and booked. <laughs> and next thing you know, now I'm at the Met. And then from there, I left the Metropolitan Opera. And she hit me up to do Guys and Dolls at the Muni. And it, uh, was, uh, one yeah, those, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I met the legendary icon, Mr. Ken Page. And one of the first things Ken Page said to me was, like, the one thing about the Muni, if, if folks don't know about the Muni, is that you have 19 days to put on a full production. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's rehearsals and all. And so, but he saw me after, like, the first, like, two hours of rehearsal. And he was like, why aren't you on Broadway? And I told him about my spastic of, like, my bohemian, I just want to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try this. And I would just go. And then literally, um, when we were in rehearsals, that's when Lauren was like, I have a project for you. I would like you to audition for. I think you'd be right for it. And she was like, you need to get off the cruise ship. Because I had a cruise ship lined up for right after the Muni. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I called them and backed out of the contract well before it started. And I went to audition for Mrs. Doubtfire, which is where I currently am under contract. <laughs> For Broadway. reside on Broadway. That's incredible. Actually, to correct you, I currently reside in quarantine. <laughs> you currently reside in quarantine because of coronavirus. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next week for part two with Colin Cooper. Take it away, Tom. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. To view additional content, follow E's podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and leave comments on the episode wherever this podcast can be found. See you next week.